0: He who saves one life saves the world entire, and the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself love yourself be yourself and share yourself if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs a healthy abundant connected life is an option choose it subscribe and let's start manifesting it
1: It's Thanksgiving week, and Americans are about to get their food on, argue with their family, (laughs) get drunk, watch football, and shop. Every Thanksgiving for the last five years or so, I get into this discussion about, should I observe Thanksgiving? It's a good question, if you want to live consciously. So think about it. There have been so many traditions that went on for decades or even centuries, like foot binding female genital mutilation, seppuku, I don't know how to pronounce that, se- se- seppuku, Sapuku? I'm not sure, but you know what I'm talking about, the stabbing yourself in the guts, just to name a few. And as culture changes and attitudes change, we need to examine our beliefs and update our actions so that we can stay current with our present day values. Also, when something's controversial, sometimes it's due to people broadcasting their pain and turning it into propaganda. And if you've ever seen any social media channels that focus on ranch, you know what I mean. They're popular. It's not you, it's me is about thinking for yourself. So let's look at the true Thanksgiving story with some context, okay? So pilgrims were English religious dissenters who actually called themselves saints, not pilgrims. And they believed that the Anglican church was just as corrupt as a Catholic church that they had replaced and they wanted to live in a place where they could worship in the way that they wanted to because they didn't think that it was reformable so this group of people packed up and they went to holland and while they had religious freedom there they couldn't make money there because of discrimination and policies policies that excluded immigrants from participating in the guild system so it was like dutch jobs for dutch people so the saints looked for other options and found out that uh, there were companies late looking to strike it rich in the new world. And they were looking for people to establish colonies. And they didn't want just any old body. They wanted hardworking people who had bonds with each other. So they would stick together. To establish a colony, the people needed motivation to stay. And they couldn't just come make their fortune and leave. And the saints fit all the requirements. Now... Take a look at the Jamestown colony, which was established in 1607. Dozens of people died along the way. Jamestown had high levels of disease, famine, death, and attacks by native people. And two years after they arrived, 80% of English Jamestown was dead of starvation and disease. There were only 60 people left. So creating a colony was not for the weak. And it wasn't just like everybody signing up for that. It wasn't until 1619 that Jamestown advertised for women to come and help stabilize the population and build the colony. That and the arrival of tobacco as a cash crop and the unwilling indentured servants from Africa to tend it is what made Jamestown a realistic possibility. That was the current situation when the saints said, let's do this thing. So they got a license from the Virginia Company to establish a new colony and these merchants put up the money for their ship the crew, and a year's worth of supplies. And this was about profit for them. The merchants wanted furs, lumber, fish, and other goods. And the saints um, were supposed to send all that stuff back for the next seven years. But the saints couldn't finance all this on their own, so they had to take on other passengers. And they called these people the strangers. So you've got a group of 102 religious extremists and people who are motivated by adventure and profit and 30 crew. So it's 102 total passengers and 30 crew and they left plymouth england in september sailed close to the land so they didn't go the across the ocean they took the long way around and they arrived in november now i lived in boston i arrived on labor day weekend it was beautiful the trees were changing colors the weather was insane it was actually picture perfect every single day come november though it was crazy cold And I was told it was not unusual to have a few feet of snow in November. So I left. (laughs) So the Saints uh, were aiming for New York and they ended up in Cape Cod in November. And they didn't have permission to stay here by anyone's authority, but they were too scared to try to sail south. So they drew up the Mayflower Compact to create some sort of governing document and legal authority. They didn't have any shelter. It's cold. They're living mainly on the ship. They're in an environment that they don't know how to navigate. They don't know the land, the animals, or the plants. And did I mention that it's cold? So more than half of them die the first year. If it weren't for a Native American man, Squanto, who had been captured, taken to England where he'd learned English, and then found his way back, they definitely would have died. So these weren't the first pale people that the local natives have seen. The reason why they were wary of pale settlers is that for the last hundred years they traded with them, fought with them, been wiped out by their diseases, and were kidnapped by them and sold into slavery. But there were benefits to the contact for both sides, like trade, so the local natives were diplomatic and chose peace. The local natives taught them how to hunt, gather food, and grow food. The saints and the natives had strange relations. But they had a treaty. If one got in trouble with the other's tribes in the areas, the other would come to their rescue. That was a situation at the next fall harvest. So the harvest was in. So like I said, of the 102 passengers that set out a year later, there was only half of that left. There were 22 men, 25 children, and only four women. Check that out. You think there was a lot of stress in that situation? But they had a lot to be grateful for. The traditional idea for Thanksgiving for the saints was prayer and fasting. Remember, they're religious extremists. This isn't a Thanksgiving celebration for them. This is a harvest celebration. Most agricultural societies around the world throughout time have had agricultural feasts at the last harvest. The planned events were feasting, playing games and competitions for the entire community. It wasn't an annual event, nor was it intended to be one. The natives weren't invited when the saints were celebrating they shot off their guns the wampanoag heard it and came running because of the treaties and that's how they got there and once they were there they were invited to join the celebration the saints had things like wild fowl and seafood the wampanoag hunted deer to to contribute to the meal and they had foot races arm wrestling archery competitions and feasting for three days it was a peaceful three days but once it was over things went back to being strained and we know how the ultimate story ended with more and more English arriving. Things got more and more tense until King Philip's War in 1675, which decimated the Wampanoag and the other tribes in the area. And it wasn't until 1863 that President Abraham Lincoln adopted Thanksgiving as a national holiday. There were Thanksgiving days in some states But it wasn't a national day where everybody did it and the whole country observed gratitude at the same time. I'm not sure how much of this is new to you, but that's the story. And if you're like me, you have heard that some people don't like Thanksgiving. And I set out to to discover why. One of the reasons given is that the reenactments of plays set up an us versus them mentality that shows the saints as the good guys and the natives as the exotic others. Not everybody's entitled to their story and interpretation. I do think that there is a line that we all have to draw for ourselves about everything. And I don't think that encouraging us versus them is ever a good thing because it's hard to do that and feel like we're one. This is something that each of us needs to be aware of and see how we contribute to this. I think we all need to notice when this is happening. And if we want that belonging and togetherness that we talk about at it's not you, it's me, then don't buy into it. Call it out. When I was in first grade, we did the pilgrims and the Indian decorations. It was all about friendship and belonging. And I don't see anything wrong with that, but I do like the whole context because it wasn't all fun and games for them. I think the history of genocide is important. Is dressing up like pilgrims and Native Americans perpetrating colonialism? That's up to you to decide. Another objection to Thanksgiving is that it glosses over genocide. I see Thanksgiving as a harvest festival. It's a seasonal observation that we made it through the year with food. So I don't see it as a story of genocide. But if you do, it's a fine time to talk about that so that that story doesn't get lost. Genocide happened. It's real. Let's not pretend it didn't happen if that's what we're doing. Another objection is that I've heard... Uh, that Thanksgiving ignores black oppression. Oppression's a thing. But I think lumping it in with Thanksgiving is a stretch. (laughs) Thanksgiving is about gratitude and togetherness, not let's go dominate somebody. But if that's where you are, that's fine. Do you? So this is a fun one. I also researched that feasting contributes to obesity. (laughs) Now food is love. It always will be. So do what you want, but let's be logical. Nobody's forcing three helpings of sweet potato casserole down your throat. You can have a lean Thanksgiving if you want. Just don't invite me over. (laughs) With reasons like this, I think we're really getting far away from personal responsibility. We can choose what to eat and how much, right? We can choose what to have on the menu without chucking out the baby with the bathwater. Now, another reason that I've heard people say, should I observe Thanksgiving, is that it marginalizes non-Christian or non-American people. I don't get this one. Harvard festivals have been around since the dawn of time. They're observed by lots of non-Christian and non-American people. It's up to you who you invite. You don't have to exclude anyone. If this is your cause, why not invite some non-American, non-Christian people over to have a gratitude festival with? Don't make your celebration about marginalizing people, and it won't be. Another reason that I saw is that Thanksgiving fuels nationalism. I think that's a good thing. We all need to feel like we belong to our family, neighborhood, city, state, country, religion, and the universe. When we stop belonging, people become enemies and strangers. We become lonely and separated. A few podcasts back... I talk about the loneliness epidemic and how in neighborhoods where people know each other, crime is 20% less. It pays to know your people and identify with your people. It makes us stronger and safer. So if you see another side, let me know in the comments. I'm not here to tell you what to think. Just to open up a dialogue so that if you choose to forego Thanksgiving, you have a logical, meaningful purpose behind it. Cool? Another reason that I saw is that it detracts from social issues. Does it do that? You bet. That's the point. (laughs) Entertainment and joy distract us from the dark realities. They give us a break from the hard day-to-day existence. I see that as a reason to indulge, not avoid Thanksgiving. Who wants to be serious or Eeyore every single day? Another reason that I saw is that Thanksgiving enforces gender roles. Now, this one is illogical to me. Nobody said that a woman or your mom has to cook Thanksgiving dinner. You can cater it. You can have your dad cook. You can go out to eat. Or you can have a potluck. There's no standard that says it must be any sort of way. And that's the wonderful thing about free will is that you can do what you want. Another reason that I saw for some people wondering, should I opt out of Thanksgiving is that it promotes consumerism. If this is the way that you get your spending under control, go for it. That's only going to work for one day. And then you have the other 364 days to worry about. So I don't think it's the most effective strategy uh, for dealing with overspending and overconsuming. But if that makes sense to you, sit Thanksgiving now. Another argument against Thanksgiving is that it ignores social inequalities. That narrative is prosperity and togetherness is the goal or the desired state. And if you don't have that, you're not represented. I see far more movies about dysfunctional families during the holidays than rich, happy ones. It's more entertaining because it's real. There's no story if there isn't some problem to overcome. So I don't think that's true in the movies. As for social media highlight reels, well, yeah, I see someone having fun, looking loved. I'm inspired by that. I don't feel left out. A lot of these examples seem to be saying, if you can't capture 100% of every individual's experience, you can't do it. Thanksgiving is not meant to be a mirror of your life. It's an invitation to enjoy the harvest with people that you enjoy. That's it. I wouldn't blow it out of proportion. Another reason that I found to avoid Thanksgiving is that it pressures conformity to outdated norms. I'm going to be talking about this next week, and I think it's great to examine traditions to see if they align with who we are and what we believe. If they don't, we can all use our power to tweak or abandon them. I think that what's normative in the American family has changed tremendously during my lifetime, and I don't feel the least bit pressured to have a turkey invite people that I don't like over to my house or to even cook at all. I'd love to hear how your traditions have changed or if you're still stuck in the 70s or even 1800s. I don't know. We all live in our own bubbles. Maybe maybe I'm missing something. Now, the best reason I have heard for not doing Thanksgiving is that it pushes for time with toxic family. If you have a toxic family and you want to stay away from them for your own mental health, I say go for it. Nowhere is it written that you have to subject yourself to abuse because the abusers are family. No, your first responsibility as an adult is to your own safety. If giving gratitude and observing the seasons with a feast with healthy people sounds like fun, do that. Or volunteer, give back. Life is not black and white. It's gray. When I was growing up, it was easy to see who the good guys were in the movie and who the bad guys were. It was usually color-coded too, so white's good, pure, and virginal, and black is bad. The good guys never died, and always won. The bad guys were always caught, and life's not like that. Everything is black and white. We're all black and white. When we can see the gray, we live in a more realistic world, and that helps us to be less disappointed and make healthier decisions. When we can forgive wrongs, we grow in compassion. All that helps us to feel more grateful for what we do have as well. So if you're on the fence about Thanksgiving and want some help making up your mind, I'd ask you to consider these three questions. Am I taking my trauma out on other people? What's the reason for the season? And how can I use my power? On It's Not You, It's Me, I'm going to be reminding you of those questions a lot. An authentic, meaningful, conscious life starts there. You can't live consciously if you're living from your shadow and letting your emotions rule you. When you think about the purpose behind things in the big picture, you don't get tripped up by the little things. If you assume your power, you're going to feel a lot less stress about life because you're in the driver's seat. As for me, the reason for the season is gratitude to Mother Earth for continuing to provide for us, for family and friends, for my health, so I can continue to provide for myself. I'm using my power to remember and share my gratitude because it's one of my top values. The positive psychology people say that expressing gratitude is also a way of having a happy life. So I'm aware of that and I practice it for the benefits that it gives me and everyone else. I'm sure that I have hidden trauma triggers, but Thanksgiving and getting together with family doesn't bring them out. It's a joyous time for me, so the chance of being triggered or triggering someone else isn't really an issue for me so I don't have to deal with that. If I did, I might approach it differently. I think football, overeating for a day, and laughing till I burst is a good thing so I'll be celebrating. I hope that you will be doing what makes your heart happy. We're in the wind down time of the year so if you're feeling alone and not grateful and you want to start laying the foundation for a different situation next year, I can't believe I never remember to tell you guys this, but. In addition to the free sanctuary that is our safe place where we can share ourselves in our healing journey with others, I also have a premium group. It's called the temple and inside that free group um, is where the temple is and we have events and lessons that can help you get on track and stay on track to being your authentic vibrant self. and there's a monthly accountability group and help desk where you can ask all the questions that you want. If you're not feeling the love and gratitude that might be a great place to start finding it within. Up next week, I'm going to pick on Christmas, specifically Santa Claus. Not because I have an axe to grind, but because it's seasonal and living consciously means we pay attention to what's happening now. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get through Thanksgiving with peace and love, no matter if you observe it or not. So wishing you lots of love. See you next week, guys. Ciao.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at LauraGiles804. See you next time.